Welcome to Integral Christian Network Podcast, where we explore ways of evolving towards a more loving, inclusive, and embodied mystical Christianity. Hey, ICN listeners. David and Luke here, and today we want to talk about Gebser. You'll notice that uh, it has been a significant series that we've been going through in the ICN weekly readings slash writings. And we had a beautiful conversation with Jeremy Johnson and also with uh, Cynthia Bourgeau. But we want to give kind of a conversational approach to why we're going through Gebser and um, the, important, um, the importance of Gebserian thought uh, in terms of how ICN um, thinks about these things, how we're talking about them, how we're implementing it into practice. In fact, maybe now would be a good time to do a Gebserian whole body mystical awakening practice. Yeah, so let's start with moving into our hearts, into our center of mythic consciousness, our relational space, the energy and the feeling. of who we are, our stories, and our human reality. And letting us sink down into that radiant center in the core of our heart. Letting that love emanate forth from us And then let your awareness move down to your spiritual womb. The unified point of our magic consciousness. The mystical wholeness. And the divine wellspring bringing forth in the depths of our being. In the unified whole, flowing into our particularity. And now moving our awareness to our head in our mental consciousness that's seemingly always present and with us, but opening and making space for our other structures. Bringing our mind into harmony with the rest of our body. In a cleared, vibrant stillness. Open. And receptive. 
And now moving down to our feet, grounding to the earth and letting our roots connect to material reality and the energy exchange between the earth and our bodies into our incarnated selves. brought forth in connection with archaic consciousness. The presence of life in embodied form. Made of stardust and interconnected to all things. and present here and now, this day, this time, together in this space. Beautiful. It's amazing how we just took a moment to take on what Cynthia shared last week uh, this idea of deepening and absorbing. You know, we, we do talk about from, from sort of Ken Wilber thought about how to transcend and include. Um, yet, as we were practicing in that moment, I realized I, I the, the bigger I, feels deepened and absorbed by everything that we just practiced. That uh, I include I, I include body, I include heart, all of these things. That as especially as we work into the ground of, of our, our you know being connected to earth and cosmos and material reality, there is such a beauty and a and a um, an openness to experiencing that deepening and absorption work. So it does move us out, I guess is what I'm trying to share. It moves us out, but it deepens that, that transcendent experience. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't just move out and beyond, but it, it deepens and absorbs the interconnectivity of everything. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, well, Cynthia really hit that pretty hard last week. And that's, uh, that's a really, you know, I think a, a key point around uh, Gibsarian integral and when we talk about integral consciousness of, yeah, where do we go? What's, what's, what's the pathway ahead? And, and I think that language that, that Wilbur has put forth before of transcend and include really resonated with a lot of people, including myself, you know, it was, it was the sense of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I I need to, there is this muck and mire that I'm stuck in. It's no longer working. I need to keep growing. Like, how do I, how do I get past this? Right. How do I rise above it? But also not in sort of this, Oh, well, okay. I need to include the good things. I need to include what's, what's come before. Um, you know, so it's not just this total rejection and moving away. And, and yet I think for a lot of people, myself included as well, there, there was also maybe a little degree of tension in that or, or questioning like, Oh, is this, is this too hierarchical? Is this, there's something about this that feels, um, 
like it's missing something maybe, or, or not, not quite painting the whole picture. So that was certainly a key element of, of something that came forth in our conversation with Cynthia, uh, last time. And then, and then also just has a big, uh, you know, way of, of how we think about integral consciousness and how we uh, see ourselves moving more into that so that we can really live this in everyday experienced reality. And um, so we're going to talk more about all that and, and you know, why we're, why we're bringing forth Gebser, some of those key distinctions and what's, what's bringing us into um, how, how we seek to live into integral consciousness. I think before we do, you, you, really hit on some important things there. And, and I know this whole idea of transcend and include, um, one of the things that, that was a tremendous temptation that I had succumbed to many times was um, the, the transcending was important because there was an expansive quality to that. But the include always was include what's good, reject what's bad or leave behind what's bad. And the way that I had kind of worked with that almost seemed to, if I wasn't careful, could also be um, applied to relationships. In other words, if I had transcended, but others had not transcended and they were in, they had not moved beyond certain um limiting beliefs, shall we say, or limiting ways of uh, limited ways of viewing the world, God, whatever, economy, politics, whatever, if they hadn't moved beyond, then it would have been easy to kind of move beyond them and, and not include, um, not include them in, in my own moving beyond some of that's necessary. I I'm kind of tapping into the tension that you just spoke about. That's the way the tension showed up for me in the, in the sense that, my goodness, you know, how do you include those who have not transcended, you know, in that vision of, of um, uh, uh, how to be a, a fully integrated human being in the world that doesn't leave anybody behind? And that's where yeah. I think Cynthia's uh, deepened and absorbed. She was like moving us into this idea of moving beyond the gridlock that we're experiencing in our, in our culture right now. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's very Gibsarian in the sense, you know, when, when Wilbur, one of the, the primary metaphors that Wilbur uses a lot or had used, I don't know if he still does, but, uh, you know, about this kind of transcend and include, he, he talks about the ladder, you know, and you climb this ladder and, and each of the rungs of the ladder below still hold up the ladder, right? But you get up to a higher viewpoint, you have a, you have a better perspective, you know, you can see more. And so the inclusion is like, well, you know, the rungs of the ladder are there. They're they're holding up the ladder, but they're not really places we go and stand on very often, right? Because it's always better to have a higher view is sort of the the natural um, implication there, right? You know, sure, you can maybe step down a few to see something from the way someone else sees it, or you know, these these people who haven't haven't climbed as high on the ladder as us, right, or something like that. <laughs> um, and 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 you know, really. Uh, the other side of that for Gebser is, is, is not this sort of climb. It's not this, this movement up. Um, it's not spatial in that sense of an expansion, um, but an intensification. And we'll, we'll tease that out a little bit more, but, um, you know, another element that that comes through is, is the language of, um, another thing Wilbur would use is trans rational. 
even that word transcend, right? We have this, this prefix trans, which means beyond, uh, which is another spatial thing to take us above. And, you know, if you get into the nuance of it and explain it and really read Wilbur a lot, there, there is this sense of, you know, you're going beyond rationality to escape the confines of the limitations of a deficient, rational, mental, you know, structure that that's kind of keeping us in prison, but it, it creates this, this separation between, well, it's not pre-rational, uh, it's trans, right? We're past it. We're on the other side. And, and so anything that's pre-rational is kind of thrown out or, you know, well, those are the lower rungs on the ladder that we don't really need to stand on anymore unless we just want to know how other people see things. And there's there's just some really problematic elements to that, right? Um, even with the idea of of growth hierarchies, that that certainly there are some some ways that we grow and and ways that we become more holistic and and uh, and developed and whatnot. But if we overemphasize that that developmental side. Um, well, there's a lot of things that are problematic, but one of the primary ones is that we miss out on so much of the, the wisdom and the the being and the these structures that really make up our our humanity. They make up our consciousness. They're they're like we explored in the practice. They're they're kind of built in within us. This is where we come from. This is who we are, and this is how we know. You know, one of the great myths of, of sort of Western rational enlightenment is that we're these pure you know minds of being. That if we just think the right thing and we know all the stuff we get educated and you know and over and over again you see people making decisions that aren't rational right if we just lived this you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think so much of that again we can't just climb past that um the reason that comes forth is because no we are deeply emotional relational connective beings that need story that need mythologies that need to understand where we come from and we're also magical creatures like we we have this depth of of unity and vitality and and that one's even further down right that we've disconnected from even more so that we we've lost this sense of connection to this this deep inner vitality that that is really life force in so many ways um you know and so that can come forth in all sorts of deficient or, or even really harmful manifestations. Like, um, I mean, whether that's through sexuality, uh, in, in really harmful and unhealthy ways, or whether that's through, you know, conspiracy theories or these, these sort of magical, um, really dark magic kind of ways uh, that, that come forth in our culture because we haven't owned the, the high, you know, the best parts of that. We haven't owned that element of consciousness within us. Uh, you know, and if we're just trying to keep climb past it, uh, we, we need to do more than, than have it just be a part of the framework of the structure beneath us. We really need to embody that and inhabit that. And that that's, you know, uh, really what we're trying to do in, in many ways of, of, of how to integrate that, that consciousness into our being, into our body. And, um, so, so that's a lot. I've said a lot, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I think this Gebser, uh, you know, is really resonating at, as a pioneer of integral thought and consciousness, right? He was writing back in the mid 20th century, you know, few decades before Wilbur, you know, him and, and Sri Aurobindo were kind of the, the early pioneers of, of Integral and, and Wilbur kind of translated a lot of that into, you know, his systems, which has so much in it that's, that's so wise and brilliant. Um, but, but maybe some key things that we're noting here that, that help us, um, inhabit and embody this Integral consciousness a little better. So as you can tell, we're really trying to work with, you know, what, has come before 
you know, what we've been talking about on our podcasts, what we've been uh, listening and, and, and reading um, from our, our Sunday writings through ICN. Luke, where do you feel like we should go in, in terms of how we want to fill out, you know, how we've been processing Gebserian thought um, over this last period of time? Yeah, so, I mean, Gebser is a really complex <laughs> writer and thinker. I mean, Cynthia mentioned it. It's it's some of the densest prose that you might try to read. And it's, uh, yeah, I've been reading it with my two and four-year-old underfoot running around and uh, doing my best to focus as I can. <laughs> I'm mostly finished with it, but it's, you know, and, and there's people who've been, been reading this uh, for a long time in our community as well that, that you know, we want to learn from and hear from and connect with. Um, but it, you know, it, so, so a lot of the work is kind of taking this, this, I, I don't suggest everyone try to read Gebser, <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> so we want to kind of tease out some of the, the most important things here that, that are really striking us and why it's resonating, why it's transmitting to Paul and Cynthia and, you know, others, because it does seem to really have a, a resonance with where things are at. And, and also sort of that, the way we've tried to maybe escape or, or again, go beyond, uh, the gridlock and, and realizing that while that, that has helped us in some ways, it's also, it's also been a bit of a disservice, right? Uh, maybe in other ways, or, or it, it could be filled in more with, with a little better, uh, integration. So, you know, one of those, those primary ways is understanding those structures of consciousness and, and how they unfold and, and are present within us and, and recognize that our, our movement is not just transcending. Our movement is not just upward and outward. Um, in fact, Gebser tries to, to get us beyond the whole spatial uh, framework of things, which is really difficult for our minds. Uh, <laughs> and as we embody it, we, we, that's also spatial, but we feel into it. We feel it in, in the, the experiential reality that comes forth from our hearts or from our womb. That, that's probably one of the best ways to know it. Of course, we can learn about it, you know, rationally as well or mentally as well. But, um, but we really need to inhabit it and embody it. So, so those structures of consciousness, right? Um, we can run through those again for, for anyone who, who wants a little overview. The, the, the first one is this archaic structure of consciousness, which is really kind of pre-early, very beginnings, you know, coming forth. Not a lot we can know about this. Actually, Gebser writes about this kind of the least. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, we, we maybe connect that with our feet and body. Uh, there's still some question around that of how we, how we bring that forth. But, um, but it really is just sort of, um, that, that earliest here we are, we're humans. We've come forth out of the, out of the mist of pre beginnings. Right. <laughs> and then that magic structure of consciousness, um, which we really feel and experience in our spiritual wombs is this, 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 um, you know, magic can be a, a difficult word for a lot of people, um, but it but it really is uh, this kind of mystical point of unity that um, you know, Gebser calls. It's, it's it's more of the darkness. It's in the cavern. It's it's something that's a little harder to grasp, a little harder to know with the light of consciousness, the illumination. So um, it needs to be experienced in in some of the more you know, mystical or magical ways of, of coming forth and connecting. Um, I think a good word that might, that has been helpful to me is enchantment. It's not about knowledge as control over the, you know, information as being able to label and, and have the mind 
kind of categorize and siloize things. It's there's this like you you said it almost like this in the dark. There's a, a sense of enchantment with what's going on. Does does that seem to come in? Yeah, line? yeah, that's a great yeah. word because it it really captures as well that element that there is this magical reality to things and each structure goes through an efficient time and then moves into deficiency. And so, you know, we, we, we unfold from that deficiency through mutation. And, and, and so, you know, that's, what's most recent, what we remember, maybe the deficient forms, the, the spell casting or the, you know, um, dark magic or things like that. Right. But really it's, it's tapping into that, that, that that enchantment right that inner inner unity of of all things and you know we experience that in nature or um or sometimes in in you know various different ways but but yeah that's a really um great way to say it because enchantment kind of gets to that element of of oh yeah no there is there is more to this um this way of of knowing and consciousness that that we can't quite grasp with our minds. In fact, it's it's hard to talk about. Uh, Gebser links it to right the visceral, the gut, the, the spiritual one, but also to the auditory, to the ear, to hearing music. Right there's there's um, or or experiencing the numinous. Right the, these this bodily shiver that comes over us when we just tap into the wholeness of all things. Um, uh, that's that's enchantment, right? That's this nature of reality that is not pre-rational, right? I mean, it is, but it's 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 and it can be irrational, and that's what we well, that's more mythic. But you know, we we want to not just throw it out because it's it it hasn't attained the state of rationality, right? No, that's a, a key part of our of our experience as human beings, of our experience of, of living and, and there's truth and validity and, and goodness in that. I, I would almost say non-rational. I, maybe a, an example from my own life in this is I remember being a child at the beach, looking at the ocean, you know, experiencing the sand, holding grains of sand in my hand and getting down to one grain and thinking to myself, being raised in a deistic tradition thinking to myself, God knew this grain of sand would be right here. And my mind just exploded, you know, almost became faint with, with awe at, at, of all of this sand that I see and, and, and knowing that it's going into the ocean. God knew this would be here. That would be maybe a, a, an example of that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Gebser, Gebser talks about how there's um, it actually in the integral consciousness as we're as we integrate, we're not going necessarily going back to these forms of consciousness. Right. We're not trying to just cover and be like, the, you know, the ancient indigenous. And uh, there's certainly good things that we want, but but we're from that. But we're we're not receding. Right. We're not um, returning. We're actually integrating with the other structures and bringing them in. So rationality is a good example of this, where in the unconscious form of the magical structure, it is non-rational. It's not aware of rationality in the mind. It doesn't, you know, it's just like in that state of unified, the symbol is the thing itself. Right. Uh, um, and so in the integral structure, we bring an A, he calls it a rationality instead of transrational and a rational being that, yeah, non, not, not confined to it. Right. It can be rational. It can also not be, uh, it doesn't have to 
define and fit exactly in that category. So there's space for both the rational knowing and our mental structure, and then also the non-rational, as you put it uh, very well, in our in our magical or mythical structures of consciousness. Beautiful. Keep going. All right. So next is the mythic structure of consciousness which we uh, experience in our heart. And that is the, um, the unfolding of the, the story, the, the going from the single point of unity to the relational, to the two points, to polarity, to, um, you know, to, to experiencing reality beyond sort of one whole unified thing into into story right into knowing through one another through um and i have to say you know i i'm bringing forth this as as someone who's pretty new to gepser right so I'm, I'm offering this i'm not an expert teacher uh this is how i'm understanding it at this point and and how you know how it's resonating with with what we do in whole body mystical awakening and an embodied integral consciousness uh so so there's a lot more to this, you know, from from how we understand these these structures and, and the 550 pages that, that Gebser brings forth on it, uh, in addition to other writings. But um, but yeah, that you know, that that mythical structure really is, um, you know, the great stories, the ways of understanding the world through meta narrative. Right. The sense of um, of knowing who we are because of the stories of how we're made and, and the relational elements of that. So. Um, you know, there's more to it than that, but, but that for, for how we, you know, Christianity, Christianity, the Christian tradition is coming from that, that mythical structure, right? Um, it's a great story. There's, there's truth in it. There's reality in it. There's also, you know, the rational looks at it and tries to, as, as Cynthia and Paul talked a little bit about demythologize and deconstruct and, you know, what, what really happened? What's the historical truth here? What's, what's not, um, but, you know, the mythic structure can be rather irrational. Uh, it can be something that, um, you know, myth, think about myth, mythos, right? The, the stories that are told, the truth in them, uh, and the mental rational mind wants to say, well, is it literally true? Is it, you know, did this really happen? And to the mythic structure of consciousness, well, that, that's not exactly a primary importance. I mean, it, it, yes and no, but, uh, it's much more about the, the truth that's contained within it. So, um, that's a little bit on that. I, I feel like I'm not doing the best job explaining the mythic consciousness, but, um, that's, that's that structure. Yeah. And I, again, it feels like maybe a good example of that could be, uh, a, a, do you have one from your own life that you, um, could offer from that from that particular wavelength well uh, what comes to mind now at the moment is there's one uh you know in the mythic structure seeing things according to the broader story right the meta narrative we're putting everything in sort of a framework of understanding i have an example to maybe uh put some feel to this when I experienced that particular wavelength, life is epic, and you kind of need an epic story to situate yourself in. You need, you know, at this level, it can feel like 
life is a cosmic tension. For some, even a cosmic battle, good and evil, or, you know, light and darkness of some kind. And my struggle is to find my place slash, because there's not a lot of differentiation sometimes at this level, my place slash our place in that cosmic battle or in that cosmic tension of, of, of uh, the struggle. So life can feel very mythic. My life can feel very um, archetypal almost in the sense that I remember talking to someone and I'm not making fun of them at all. I'm sure I felt this way. But I remember this person saying in a point of, of uh, spiritual direction, I just feel like God and Satan are warring over my soul. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I mean, you are extraordinarily important to the cosmic plan at this experience, you know. Um, and and uh, my heart opened to them very quickly because it's like you are experiencing life at a very epic level right now. Um, so there's a there's a almost the stories that we're telling ourselves, even if we don't have a particular mythological structure that we're adopting, um, which is pretty hard to do at that at at that wavelength. But uh, you still feel like you're you're a very instrumental part of of the overarching purpose to to human existence. Yeah, that's a great example. And, you know, another example of that is, is like the mythos of, of nationalism or, or American identity, right? Uh, Cynthia mentioned that of, uh, you know, Joe Biden calling upon the soul of America. And, you know, this, this mythic structure is really the place of the soul. And, and, and yeah, how does that story come forth? What is, you know, America as the great light on the hill or the, you know, the greatest of all nations or just the, these stories that we tell that, that give structure and meaning to our life, right? In the ways that we understand who we are. Uh, I'm an American, right? Or I'm, um, you know, I'm this nationality or I'm this religion or, uh, you know, and we need those. We need those those forms of identity and hopefully in the healthier ways that that comes forth uh, more so than and, you know, part of part of the growth and unfolding is into a broader inclusivity and, you know, an understanding that those stories don't totally define us because, you know, one of those elements is that. Uh, it's very polar. So Gebser really talks about this, that the mythical structure is two points and the polarity between them. And we're, we're always moving somewhere along that structure of good and evil, right? Um, light and dark, uh, you know, any kind of those classical mythical polarities, right? That, that we, we see. And so, yeah, that epicness of putting ourselves in that battle, that that's tension, uh, you know, really, uh, in its, in its deficient forms, uh, gets really, really tribal and separating and, you know, also, yeah, uh, self-inflating, right. Cause you're the hero of the story. Uh, you're the, the center of the, the myth in some ways, even though it's bigger and broader than you, uh, you know, you, you get a real strong sense of, of self-importance and that, that dualism, that duality, uh, then also, 
uh, unfolds into the mental structure as well, which can also be be quite dualistic also. But um, but that that mental structure, which we're all probably a lot more familiar with, the, the rational. Again, we're coming more to the deficient state stage of, of of rationality. So it's it's interesting to be kind of in the midst of it and look at it and and first recognize that that was a, a really important unfolding and and really necessary and helpful. And we we needed to come forth in this the emergence from the the soul to the ego right to the to the self to the i and and that was a, a really important necessary unfolding in the structures of consciousness um and served humanity well for a long time now now we're 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 kind of on the backside of it and feeling like oh you know we gotta there's gotta be more to this there's got it's so so conf- confining and you know it's the imperialism of the mind really that's that's taken over everything it's taken over the rest of our bodies it's taken over the way that we we think about everything um you know so so there's there's definitely an element here in the mental structure of um it needing to sort of make space and make way for these other structures so it's not just this totalizing predominance of um of being being in our heads all the time beautiful I would just maybe add one last part is that the the way that fear manifests itself at that particular level is I can't be wrong, so I have to be on the right side. But then also, you know, there's a sense of, of, of fear of the unknown. So in that sense, it fears difference and it can fear the other at a very... Um, Again, epic archetypal level. You'll see a lot of wars uh, come from all of these um, previous frequencies, but but especially at this one where you know humanity as a family we collect ourselves in these particular um, nation states, if you will, and then the other we have to have an other that fits the opposite archetype of whatever side that we view ourselves on. And we're all almost always on the side of good. So take us to that next um, frequency. What, what's, what's after this? After the mental? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that what you were describing there had, you know, kind of this mythic mental combination, which I feel like is actually a big part of what's happening, say in the United States right now and, you know, probably other parts of the world as well. But that, that's a real quality of this, this battle between the the mythic and deficient magics expressions as well, but also the mental and, um, you know, this, this sense of people in, in total mental, rational consciousness where that's predominating is like, well, we just need to learn more. If we just, you know, educate, 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 then all the problems will be solved. Or, you know, you you even see in kind of extremes forms, like I believe in science and okay, well, that's good, right? We, we should believe in science. It also has its limitations and, you you know, you got to understand where people are coming from who are, you know, they're not just rejecting science. I mean, they, they were probably brought up in, in the, you know, the same elementary schools as you were and learn the scientific method, you know, but it, there's more powerful elements at work here that are causing them to question. Um, and also on the other side of that, there's, there's, uh, you know, other, other critiques for just extreme Western rationalism and all that sort of thing. Right. But, um, but yeah, so, so the way next structure of consciousness, the integral structure of consciousness, which, uh, Gebser goes into quite at length, which is hard again to talk about, but it's not, it's not an expansion. It's not a movement beyond, but it, he says, 
he says what happens is when when a certain structure becomes overly deficient that manifests in the form of anxiety and so you see this anxiety coming forth much much you know much more highly present in structures that are or in 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 cultures and societies that are are in this this um, place where the mental structure and its deficiency is just wearing thinner and thinner. There's this, this anxiety. And um, he even calls it the, the suicide of, of Western civilization. But, um, but it comes forth in the sense that w- this deficiency will lead us to a, a necessary mutation. That's what he calls it, like mutation as a, uh, or, or a total collapse, right? And Cynthia kind of hinted at this a little bit in our conversation last week as well. But, but the, he says consciousness mutations are completions of integration. So the way that we actually move into an integral consciousness, which is, you know, we move from the single point to the two point polarity in the mythical to the three dimensional spatial mental structure. This is the fourth dimension uh, in integral, which is time. Um, but also the spherical element, the sphere that encompasses the wholeness of of all of those structures that has a transparency, a way to see through and connect into, um, you know, the knowing and being and becoming from all of those structures within in an integrated way that can come forth in a whole holistic, uh, human expression, uh, societally, collectively, individually. Uh, but it, that's that's how this can come forth and and then trying to talk about <laughs> what that is how that happens that's when we get really complex because you're bringing in all these elements of time and and again it's an intensification rather than than a spatial expansion um and that's 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 a big part of the meat of ever-present origin Kepser's Kepser's main work of like okay here's here's how this is starting to maybe get hinted at through the works of biology and literature and poetry and, you know, visual art and, you know, pointing all the, all these ways that it's, it's just starting to come forth. Um, but really for our purposes, I think, uh, you know, in the work that we're doing and how we're, we're trying to do a spiritual practice that, that brings in that element of integration, right? Uh, in our, in our spiritual practice, we're not meditating to transcend and disconnect and move out and, you know, somehow get to a a greater point of perspective where we're a little higher up on the ladder. No, we're trying to re-welcome and reintegrate these essential vital structures of consciousness that are within us that make up who we are. And we've, we've kind of lost them they're they're latent within us uh they're they might be dormant (laughs) or they might be manifesting in in these sort of unconscious or um you know forms that that aren't helpful to us because they're unconscious right we need to bring them to fuller consciousness within us so that all of those structures are present and integrating in our being setting the stage for that mutation into an integral consciousness that we can't really quite understand because we can't know it from the mental structure, right? We can't systematize it. We can't create this whole, this whole spatial map of, you know, what this is, uh, because it, it doesn't quite work that way. It's a little different. Again, we're not going to solve the problems of this stage of consciousness from the same place of consciousness that we are now. So, so, you know, really, how do we do that? Well, uh, you know, in following Gebser's approach to integral consciousness, we do that through integrating 
and reawakening to to those deeper structures deepening and absorbing uh, as Cynthia put it Woo. so again I guess I'm, I'm being the first person perspective in a lot of this conversation I, I know that the way that I had experienced it and I hope this is helpful uh, to, to our ICN family the way that I experienced that previous stage like right up Butting right up against the integral framework was just the way that existential anxiety worked itself in me, and I would not have defined it that way. But the way that I had, the way that I can kind of look back and see it now was clearly there's a spiritual system that will liberate me from the anxiety of being a human being. There's got to be some system out there that's higher. You know, when we use vertical language, it's higher than what I've been given. So I'm angry at what's come before. And it's got to be out there so that I no longer feel these petty, small, ridiculous little emotions about what it means to be a human being on planet Earth and a mortal human being at that. So there's got to be something higher, better, more transcendent. And then jumping into the integral framework, all of that ranking kind of dissolved. And instead of trying to get away from everything, there was this sense of, I don't have to fix, I don't have to correct everybody. I don't need to fix anybody anymore. I don't have to really fix myself in the sense of trying to um, see everything in, or, or see significant parts of who I am as being inadequate or deficient. It's more of a that inclusionary way of, of being, that this isness, and, and, and that's the best way that I have learned to put it over these last five or six years is just there's a comfortability with isness. It, mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't mean that there's not messiness, that there, when anxiety arrives, that I'm trying to fight it or, or avoid it or correct it or explain it. Like all of those mental structures of, of coping with isness begin to dissolve to a really important degree. It doesn't mean they completely go away, perhaps, but that, um, you know, we, we work with sadness, we work with anger, we work with grief, we work with loss, we, we work with um, the perplexities of the world and the absurdities of, of um, you know, hate and violence and injustices, and we work with them but not from a point of just violence and, and emotional violence and anger and all those things. So there's, there's more of a, a, a capacity to just sit with what is, to love what is, to work with what is, and, and not over-inflate perhaps our, our own ego's importance in all of those matters. Is there something that you'd want to jump in on your experience of this? Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, Gebser, I think what you're describing there, Gebser calls the itself, <laughs> the itself. And yeah, I mean, it, it's, I think for, for me and my own experience, you know, the integral map as presented by Wilbur really showed where I'd come from <laughs> showed the the journey of my story and my especially religious as as Paul Smith wrote about in Integral Christianity was this these are the stages of church that I went through you know this is the the way that it's unfolded for me and I think 
the, the sort of looking at, at what's ahead, what's next, how integral consciousness manifests and how we get there into something more than this, right? How do we get past this anxiety? And, and I think that, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why Gebser has so resonated with Paul Smith, with me, with Cynthia Bourgeau is there, like we said at the beginning, there's this, there's this sense that, uh, we, we, we need to discover it in a, in a new way, in a different way, right? These mental structures, these ways of looking at the systematization, systematization, it, okay, they're, they're, that's helpful. There's something to that. I'm not throwing all of that out, right? At all, not at all. But there's also this, yeah, this, the itself, the, this, this diaphaneity, this, this transparency of, of seeing through what had previously been opaque and clouded and, and that it is embodied, that it is deeply connected to, to my own being and who I am. And, and, you know, in our, our practice moving into, to the whole body mystical awakening and this really embodied sense, you know, comes from Jorge Ferrer and their work as an integral, you know, bring this forth, which is a whole other conversation, but it, it, it's these forms um, that are that are again recognizing that um, this is all still something that we're 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 I can't say we're trying to figure it out right but we're this is new ground right this is this is the the fresh territory and again I'm using spatial metaphors I don't want you know <laughs> we get into this this thing that it almost can't be expressed but that you know I think what I really want to share and is you know from my own experience where in, in my own spiritual journey, which both Gebser and, and Wilbur um, really emphasize highly that this has to be spiritual. Uh, and, you know, we can talk about what that word means. But in my own experience, it was coming to this point of, of realizing, like, I can't go any further alone. This this internal process, this learning, this praying, this medicine, you know, this is not the way, you know, (laughs) my own, my own personal development, you know, working on my lines, you know, however you want to look at it. It's like, this is really missing something. This is not, (laughs) this is not enough. And so this, this sense of this need for, um, not only recognizing that my own individual boundaries are not, are not clearly as defined and separate as we usually grow up thinking of them. Uh, and that, you know, while the personal is deeply important and, and valuable, there's, there's an I, a we, and an all, uh, that, that we need this collective, we need others. Right. Uh, and we also need the all, we need to move into, you know, the fullness of, of all things, but this, this need for the, we, and this need for spaces of exploration, spaces of discovery and practice together. And, you know, how else are we going to, are we going to come into this? Cause I'm not going to sit, sit here reading 10,000 books and figuring it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's kind of what Wilbur did, but, um, <laughs> you know, or try to do, but, but, but this, this need for community, I think that's, that's what's kind of emerging and coming forth here with Gebser and with Integral Christian Network, right? We, Integral is, is one of our, our key words in our name, right? And, and what even does Integral mean? How do we, how do we move into this and experience this consciousness? Well, again, we're not going to do that individually. We're not going to do that by ourselves, no matter how many workshops we go to or courses we take or books we read, um, because that's not how it works. <laughs> and well, how does it work? Well, okay, we have some ideas, we have some some experiences, we have some, and you know, the way you put it was really beautiful, David. And 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 yet, 
also there's so much more, right? We know there's more, we know there's, there's this intensification and, and I think there's so many in our community and probably beyond who have this, this really deep longing for, for finding that in a sense that is holistic and embodied. I think that's why this, this integrative, right, this recovering, this, this, um, where everything is included is so resonant, uh, and and we want to we want to discover how to do that what that looks like we want to experiment in in we space groups or or you know uh, that's come up in our community of have a have a group around uh, exploring Gebser not as a mental uh, structure of understanding and a book club of reading and discussing no right no but like a way of move really moving into these structures right I did a little practice at the beginning trying to do that and you know, who knows, we're barely touching elements of that, right? We can bring in music and dance and there's, there's all these ways that, that we need to, I don't even know if learn is the right word, right? But we, we become, we become uh, transparent to the integration of these structures through, through exploration together. And so, you know, if anyone's listening to this, if you've been really enjoying the Gebser, if that's resonating, if that's speaking to you, you know, reach out and connect, uh, you know, send us an email and say, I want to be a part of this discovery. And I don't know what form that's going to take exactly yet at this point, but, um, you know, that's definitely something that's emerging in our community and, and wanting that to be something that, again, not just something we talk about or, or something that goes on to the content of, of what we're writing about, but really can somehow spring forth in that. That's the ever present origin origin that word origin uh in german is upsprung it's like to to spring up right this this sense of um this reality the the core that is outside of time that springs forth that that springs up into our being into our our life and our particularity in our in our personhood in our collectives and in in all of of the world and that's what's so desperately needed now if we're going to um yeah unfold into this consciousness mutation that is so um so vital and necessary to to find our way out of the tunnel i think was how how cynthia put it right to um to to emerge into the the necessary wholeness and new way of being that um that is springing forth there is something emerging and that emergence i think what's unique to it is that the emergence is intended to include everything it's not the emergence merely of something new but the it's the emergence of something new that is not a violent exclusion of something that's come before and um boy i could really nerd out on that in a few different ways but Something you shared just a minute ago, and maybe this is a good way for us to, to wrap up this particular conversation, is our capacity to hear and to learn, but not just learning as knowledge, but learning from a sense of being or, or listening or hearing. And to put the C in, in ICN for just a moment, I think that's what Jesus was actually inviting us into when he said... Let the person who has ears, let them hear. And I think there's something beautiful about that because I think he was talking about what we're talking about. When he said, listen to what I'm going to share, and it's usually in the form of a story, 
that challenges are, are it's like it's non-rational or it's transrational or it's irrational. It's not intended to just like satisfy the problem-solving mind. But he's saying, can you listen to me? Can you listen to this from a different set of ears, from, from a whole body way of sitting with these riddles and with these stories and, and, and therefore become emerge a more inclusive, loving, healing presence in the world that is not just about my healing or my presence, but the presence of what is as interconnected. Yeah, that's beautiful, David. And that's, you know, Gebser really uh, thought so highly of, of Jesus and, and that, that process of transfiguration uh, is one Christian metaphor that we can perhaps apply to this process and to this um, ears, ears to hear and, and Jesus saying, you know, you will do more, you will do more. Uh, okay. What, what is that? What does that look like? Uh, one piercing question that Gebser has in the middle of, of EPO is he says, uh, when will the church of the crucified become the church of the resurrection? And I think that's another another way of framing this, another language around, okay, resurrection, this coming back to life, this bodily, you know, form that's not something that's just long for the future after after we die, you know, there's gonna be this great no, 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 it's 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 now. It's like you have been raised with Christ, right? You are in the body of Christ. There is this this resurrection life now that um, th- that is that is uh, connected to this this way of being, this part of the body of Christ, this um, this intensified form of 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 being human uh, that I I think resonates and connects really well with that sense of of becoming a a resurrected church, right? Absolutely. Beautifully put. And again, we welcome your thoughts, your responses, ideas, um, points of clarification, whatever it is that you want to bring to the conversation. Um, look for us uh, on integralchristiannetwork.org. We welcome the conversation. Yeah, there'll be, uh, you know, writing about all of this integral consciousness and Gebser in, in a weekly series when this comes out at some point in there, you know, go to the comment section right on there. You can also send emails. We we also have an integral Christian network online community page that you can get plugged into if you really want to. It's, that's mostly for WeSpace members, but uh, it's not a closed community. So, you know, if this is something that you're just really resonating with and want to explore and move into, um, again, it, 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 it is also not just something that we talk about or, or move into to the ideas that the practice element is is so necessary for that as well so you know that's where we space comes in or or other forms of that that might be emerging so uh yeah stay connected to the community and and um yeah maybe we'll we'll see you in in one of those forms of practices or connection yeah.